Welcome to Connection Conversations. I'm Liz Askin, Conscious Discipline Lead Resource Teacher in Baltimore County Public Schools. I've been training and coaching teachers for over four years, and with respect to Conscious Discipline support, I've been getting similar questions, concerns, and wonderings from BCPS staff. A few friends and colleagues suggested I start a podcast, so here we are. I will be having conversations with staff from all over BCPS in various roles about their conscious discipline and SEL journeys and attempting to address some of the feedback our office has received. Now, I do want to say that I'm not a conscious discipline certified instructor. However, I believe wholeheartedly in this mindset shift. It has positively impacted my life, both professionally and personally. As we all continue our journeys together, I'm hopeful that connection conversations will be helpful and allow you to make connections while being reflective in your practices. So welcome everyone to our conversation. Today, I have Alex Luganbeal here with me, who's a fifth grade teacher at Harford Hills Elementary. So welcome, Alex. Hi, thank you. I am so glad that you are here and that we can have some conversations about conscious discipline and how you have used conscious discipline in your classroom and your your journey with this program. I, this all kind of started from trainings that I and my office have been doing where we have intermediate teachers who have um, some preconceived notions or some biases about conscious discipline and they, they just can't wrap their heads around how this can be modified or used in an intermediate classroom. So I said, all right, why not just like have some conversations with people who are doing it and then share it with the BCPS universe. So we're going to get started today with a brain smart start. So our unite today is we're going to be having conversation for like a half an hour. So let's take a drink of water, get ourselves ready. Our disengaged stress today, uh, we're just going to take three deep belly breaths in and out of our nose on your own time. I feel more calm and ready for this already. <laughs> so for a connection, uh, let's connect with ourselves and with each other in uh, the attitude of gratitude. So let's share one thing that we are grateful for right now. And I'll go first. For me, I am grateful for technology so that I can have a conversation with you and conversation with others outside of my house. How about you? Um, I'm also really grateful for technology. We just had our farewell yesterday for our fifth graders and we were able to see all of them and we put together this really amazing movie for the end of the year with pictures of them from the school year and their baby pictures. So i um, very grateful that we were allowed to, um, you know, do something special for them at this crazy time. That's so amazing. And for our commitment today, so for our session today, I am going to commit to keeping an eye on the time, and we're going to try to keep this conversation around a half an hour. So I'm going to commit to keeping an eye on the time. How about you? What are you committing to today? I am committing to speaking from what I know. Um, I am in no means an expert at conscious discipline, but um, these are things that work for my kids and things that have worked for me. 
um, in a positive light, um, especially with, um, you know, older kids. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get started with just you sharing a little bit about yourself and your conscious discipline journey, kind of how you got started with the practice and how it's evolved. So um, I recently just transferred to Harvard Hills um, as a fifth grade teacher. And I started my conscious discipline in third grade at Bear Creek Elementary. Um, my team partners and I were um, given multiple PDs by our administration. We were given PDs by our wonderful kindergarten team um, to really see how conscious discipline was, was working inside an actual classroom. Um, and then the county opened up training for grades three to five, and we were all really encouraged to go. And um, we all really, really learned so much from the training. Sorry, I do have a three-year-old. I do apologize. Oh, it, this is the <laughs> life now, right? We're, we, we wear so many hats all at the same time in one yes. house. Um, so after those trainings, um, we all actually were sent to Common Ground, and we saw Liz present again. And when we came back from Common Ground, we were like, you know what, this is it. Like, we're just going to dive right into it. We really felt like our kids would benefit from it. It was mid-year. We knew it was crazy to, drive, to dive into it in the middle of the year, but we just had this group of kids that we were like, you know, they, they could really benefit from this. We had seen the light at the end of the tunnel and the change from these kids from that midpoint in the year to the end of the year was just mind boggling. And I was sold ever since, you know, you think like you kind of said in the beginning, there are teachers that are hesitant about, um, you know, doing this with older kids. And I was, you know, I was definitely skeptical, but, you know, after seeing so many presentations and seeing people do this in real life, in their classrooms, and it not just be kitschy and um, you can make it your own and make it something that is adaptable for your students and your kids. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Yeah. And I am, I'm so excited to talk to you because you started this by seeing others and you feel like that has really helped you and now as you continue on your journey now you are able to share what you do with other people and I feel like especially as as teachers we want to see this we want to we want to feel it we want to live it we 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 can read about it all we want but it's it doesn't really necessarily hit real deep in our souls until we're able to see it yeah, I think that's what changed my perspective was seeing how it was done in an actual classroom with kids to see, you know, just what they do and the, the fact that they were just so adaptable to this change. Yeah, and, and I think that that has helped a lot of, of people to, to begin their journey um, and to be more open-minded about this. So Let's talk about some of like the skills and the structures that you use and that really work in your fifth grade classroom, because I feel like um, we've gotten a couple of questions over the years of like, what, what works with older kids or like, oh, that's definitely never going <laughs> to work with a fifth grader. You've got to be kidding, lady. So what, you know, what skills have really worked for you? Yeah, I, I want to start with um, just like the I love you rituals, because I feel like um, for sure those are definitely more primary. Yes. Um, we're not sitting in circle, touching each other's faces um, or, you know, 
doing um, doing the cutesy little things that the kindergartners do, but you can still make it um, you can still make it something that fifth graders can do. So what I do um, in the morning after I greet them at the door, you know, they choose their greeting. Um, and then when they come in for a circle, they have to choose a greeting for each other. So they're not just greeting me, but they have to greet each other. Um, so when they get to the circle, they have to do an elbow bump, a fist bump, a high five, something to get them physically touching each other um, that's appropriate for fifth grade. Um, so that's something that I kind of changed up a little bit, um, more so not like the singing part and the touching of the faces, but um, something to get them physically touching each other in an appropriate manner um, for fifth grade. We do our classroom meetings and those are absolutely non-negotiable. They are something that happen every single day. Um, and in our circle, we talk about anything and everything. Um, we try to usually give them like a prompt to start out with. Um, just something, you know, silly or maybe it's something serious that has um, happened in the news or the media that we know they've probably heard about. Um, just to give them a space to feel, a space to um, share any emotions that they may be having. Um, something to give for the good of the group. And then um, in that circle, we kind of close out with our commitment for the day. And um, in my fifth grade classroom, what the students do is they have um, a stick, a popsicle stick with their name on it. And they take that popsicle stick and they move it to their commitment on our chalkboard. So it's magnetic. And our two commitments are usually something that has to do with our code of conduct. The kids come up with the commitments the day before. So our code of conduct talks about responsibility and respect. Um, so, you know, if the students are seeing um, that they're not being respectful during the lunch hour or the lunch time, they may say, well, you know what, Ms. Luganville, tomorrow, I think our commitment, you know, one of our commitments needs to be that we're going to be respectful to the cafeteria workers tomorrow in the cafeteria. Wow. So that's something that they can choose and, you know, decide, okay, today I need to be more respectful. I'm going to put my name under that commitment. And we look at the board and we say, okay, look at, look at all the names on this commitment. You know, talk to a neighbor about how you're going to achieve that commitment. How are you going to be respectful to the cafeteria workers today in the cafeteria? Or if you chose another commitment, talk to your neighbor. How are you going to achieve that goal, that commitment that you're setting for yourself today? Um, and then obviously the, the most important part is wish well. Um, we do wish well at the end of our circle, um, after we've done the wonderful Unite, Disengage, Connect, all that stuff. Um, wish well comes at the very end. And we just do a simple breathing. You know, we put our hands over our hearts and we close our eyes and we think happy, positive thoughts for that person who's not here. Um, or even a teacher that's not in the building. If our, if our principal's gone or if a team partner of mine is gone, we wish them well. We take in that deep breath. We push out those happy, positive vibes. And, you know, it's so funny because the student will come back the next day and the kids will say, we wished you well, are you feeling better? Or, you know, we wished you well, where were you? Are you okay? So it does really get them involved in their peers' lives and just making sure that they're okay and connecting with one another. Yeah, and that's helping to build that classroom family, you know, culture in there right. is that they, they care for each other and that they're, they're concerned when somebody's not there. Right. And I know it sounds like it takes a long time and it, it really doesn't. I mean, by the time they get into the classroom, they, they have built this routine. They know they go up, they move their commitment, they sit down in circle. Um, we do our, our circle stuff and we get right into homeroom. You know, it's, it doesn't take 
so long out of your morning. I know teachers are inundated with so much stuff that we have to do, yeah. but this is something that's worth doing. Yeah. And I, I really love your idea of commitments and that you make them like the afternoon before and then they're already ready. Like you're not spending time like, oh, think about a commitment and what happened yesterday. They may not even remember what happened yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then the, the extra piece that you do, and I think that this is really helpful for older students, especially, is not only are you making the commitment, but you're, you're making a plan to keep that commitment, you know, like for, for me. So let's take like my commitment that I said, like, I'm going to be mindful of the time, but what does that look like? And especially right. for, for a fifth grader, you know, I'm going to be respectful of the cafeteria worker. Respect has, in my experience, so many different um, definitions. So I'm, you know, if I'm going to be respectful of the cafeteria worker, that means I'm going to say please and thank you when I'm in the lunch line, or I'm going to pick up any trash that is around me. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be just a one way. And then having that conversation with each other, because if, you know, my partner next to me says that they're going to, um, you know, walk in the in the cafeteria, I'm like, how is that respectful? Like that's not doing anything right. to somebody. And then they can have that quick conversation of like, no person that is respectful because I'm being safe wherever I am. And you're like, ah, oh. so I, I love that the deeper connection with that and with Wishwell, it's my personal favorite. So I'm so glad that you brought up the idea of Wishwell and that your students like it and they just, from their hearts, wish that person well. You don't have to sing a song. You don't have to read a poem. You make exactly. it your own. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, it looked different for me in third grade. We sung a little song because they're a little younger and they were more yeah. into it. Um, but when I started fifth grade this year, I was like, you know what, let's just go with simple. And they really liked it. Yeah. And so with all of the, the powers and the skills and the structures and all that, like a adult work that you've done now that you're bringing it to your students, you talked about the morning, but can you talk about a little bit like, how do you integrate some of these uh, concepts and structures during the day or like within academics? So um, I'm, I've got just a couple things to, to talk about for the end of the day, um, as far as the commitments go and then I'll kind of circle back to what I do throughout the day. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to bring this up for the commitment piece because um, withholding the students accountable um, it's really important to make sure that at the end of the day we're talking about you know how did you meet your commitment? How did what did you do today? I know you said you were going to do ABC. Did you do those things? So what we do is we, um, one of the students' jobs is to draw, oops, and I did it on the board, and draw a line down the middle, and they move their stick to the oops side or to the I did it side, and they know that this is a no judgment zone. It's not like, a, oh, you were on the oops side, I'm calling your mother, I'm telling her you were on the oops side. Absolutely not. It is a free space to say, Miss Lucille, I messed up today. I did not follow my commitment. I'm going to do better tomorrow. So they know it's not like a, it's not a stoplight chart. It's not saying, oh, you've been on yellow today. You're in trouble. They, it is a total mind shift for them. So they understand. I can share out loud and say, my goal today was I was going to be respectful in the cafeteria. And unfortunately I wasn't, I wasn't my best self. Um, 
and they can share that and we can talk through, okay, well tomorrow, what can we do better? Um, and a lot of times the kids will put their, their commitment sticks on the, I did it. And their peers sometimes will call them out and go, um, I think you said this morning you were going to do X, Y, Z. And they're like, oh, that's right. And they'll move their stick to the oops site. And it's totally non-judgmental. Like yeah. the kids are so good at understanding it's a non-judgment zone. Yeah. So and they're calm. Do at the end. Yeah. And they're calm. Like, I love that you were like, hey, you didn't seem, it wasn't like, you stink. You didn't do, like, it's not <laughs> right. hostile. It's really that family feel. Right. And especially like the people they talk to in the morning, like if they were sitting next to Johnny and Johnny's like, uh, that's not what you said to me this morning. Um, <laughs> you sure about that? So um, it's kind of funny to see. But, um, so that's just what we do at the end of the day, kind of like a little check in just to make sure we yeah. were focused on our commitment for the day. But I mean, in the, in the, you know, throughout the day, fifth graders are fifth graders, third graders are third graders, they're going to get into disagreements, and they're going to mm -hmm. get frustrated and upset and they're going to feel emotions. I mean, they're kids. So yeah. it's really important to teach them the tools to solve their problems without always integrating an adult. Um, so, you know, students are taught in the beginning of the year where the calming corner is and, you know, how to use that calming corner. If you're stressed or angry or sad, you can go over to that corner and grab something to help you in that moment, a stress ball, a sand timer, um, anything that's going to allow you to stay inside the classroom, but also control and regulate your emotions in, if need be in that moment. Um, you know, we teach the communication skills about, um, you know, you said this to me and it made me feel, or I feel this when you say this, and kind of sort of like using the, um, the time machine, just not with the physical time machine on the floor like we yeah. may use in primary. Um, so it doesn't always take a teacher standing there saying, okay, well, you know, what was the disagreement? What's going on? When we teach them the communication skills early and we teach them, you know, how to have those conversations about, you know, you made me feel this or using that big voice by themselves, um, it really makes my job a lot easier. Now, that's not to say there aren't times when a teacher has to step in and, you know, kind of facilitate that learning, especially in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Kids never had conscious discipline before, ever. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was my group this year. They've never even heard of conscious discipline. Nope. It took a lot in the beginning of the year to, you know, to facilitate and say, okay, you need to say this. It makes me feel blank when you, and yeah. you need to say blah, blah, blah. And, you know, teaching them these things to say to each other. So by mid-year, they're already doing this on their own. They're learning to facilitate their own conversations and their own feelings out loud without holding them in and making themselves feel worse. Yeah. Are you seeing the, the work that you did in the classroom roll over into the virtual world? Um, so, yeah, I would say so, just because I feel like the students are just so respectful of each other. I mean, just so respectful of opinions and, you know, things that are happening in this world right now. It's, it's still a safe space for these students to come and to talk and to let out their emotions yeah. without feeling judged by their peers or by me. 
So yeah, I would say absolutely. Yeah. So you've, you've fostered that sense of family where you don't necessarily have to be in the walls of your classroom, that even though they're, they're in their, their homes or wherever they are, they can still use the, the powers and the skills and this, and even some of the structures, right. They're just a little more internal. Whereas, you know, I don't have a, a safe place or a common corner in my house necessarily, but Miss Luganbeal helped me to learn about breathing strategies and I'm going to use that more or, you know, there was a, a squish ball in, in my classroom that I used, but I can use a toy instead or something. So I, right. I, I applaud you for that, that you've helped your students to really to, to foster that within themselves. So we've talked a lot about things that are working well, but we all know that we have some times where we as adults have oops or uh, we tried something one way and it didn't, it didn't jive with, with our students. So can you share maybe like a challenge or an obstacle that you've faced in your conscious discipline journey? Yeah, I definitely think that um, you, you find your niche and you find what works really well for you through just trial and error. Um, you know, I've tried multiple different things for the daily commitments. Um, for example, I, I tried at one point laminated cards and they moved their names to the laminated cards. And it, I mean, I can't even really explain to you how it worked because it didn't work well at all. Um, until I kind of found my, my groove with the popsicle sticks and just moving a simple popsicle stick to the, to the chalkboard. I mean, come on, keep it simple. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you kind of find your way as you try things and you can't be afraid to try. Um, another challenge is that mind shift, 100% that mind shift. I mean, yeah. when, when I started teaching and I'm sure when a majority of us started teaching, we you know, we use stoplights and we used colors and it's not just a mind shift for us. It's a mind shift for the parents. You know, the parents will email you and call you and say, what color was my student on? So what color was my child on? And when you say, well, they weren't on a color today, like we don't do colors. Or if you explain to them in the beginning of the year, like we're not using stoplight parts. We're not, that's not what we do here anymore. Um, it is definitely a shift, um, for, for everyone. And, um, I think it's, it's normal to be skeptical because I was skeptical. I was absolutely like, oh my gosh, we're going to be singing and dancing in third and fifth grade. Or, <laughs> no, no. But I mean, to take a step back and realize that these kids are still kids. I mean, yeah. they're still kids and we treat them like adults. We treat them with the responsibility that they need to have. Absolutely. But they're still kids and they like sitting in circle and they like coming to the carpet and they feel silly and, and ridiculous when they start dancing at first. But if you as the teacher get in there and make yourself look ridiculous first, <laughs> it takes a lot of the pressure off of the kids. Um, and they can point and make fun of you for your dancing and your silly singing. Um, but you have to be okay with that. And, you know, it just makes the kids love you even more because you're willing to put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, so I think that mind shift for sure. And kind of walking away from what we've just been, you know, it's been ingrained in our heads. You know, this is the way things are done with this stoplight chart. And, um, you just see, so you just see so differently when these kids aren't concerned about what color they're on or, you know, mom's going to kill me. I'm on yellow today. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
there are times when parents do have to be called. They, they're kids, they're, they're gonna make mistakes, sure. But it's not, their day is not going to be ruined um, by a color on a stoplight truck. Yeah, so. yeah, and just like, so many things blew me away when you were talking there. Like the, the concept of that, yeah, sometimes things are going to happen, but you are creating a culture of respect and of, of learning, right? Like, Hey, you made a mistake. I'm calling, you know, whoever's at home because we're going to try to help you through this. We want to, exactly. to, to make sure that you're doing the right thing or making sure that, that you are successful. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that, that parent piece that you brought up and how you kind of had to talk to parents about this. And like, in thinking about your school community, and it can be, you know, when you were at Bear Creek or when you're at Harford Hills now, or kind of both, depending on, on the similarities and differences, but what were some of those like considerations you had to make for the school community? So um, we had to really get together as, uh, speaking Bear Creek wise, as a, a whole school, like what we're going to, what were the steps that were going to be taken if, you know, X, Y, or Z happened, you know, if things were really escalating, you know, what were our steps? What you know, every teacher followed the same kind of protocol. And that's the same at Harford Hills. Um, so what we did in fifth grade at Harford Hills is we had um, think sheets. And they kind of just processed what the kids were going through at that moment. So, um, you know, what happened? Uh, who was involved with, with you? Um, did, was what you said or did hurtful, harmful? Um, it kind of just helps them process. And we got that thing sheet from our, um, our guidance counselor. And it was really helpful for the kids to sit there and just kind of read it. And even if they're not filling it out. They're thinking yeah. about, okay, something, I just did something wrong. I just did something. I made a mistake. Um, so it's it gives a kind of process. Yeah. And it's tying in some of those restorative practices too, with those questions that you have so right. that you're not just, you know, like sometimes I hear like, oh, well, we already do zones or we already do RP. How can we No, It's social, emotional learning. We're helping Absolutely. students to be self-aware, to be reflective, to have responsible decision-making. Absolutely. So I, and I love that. Yeah, and it allows the kids to take responsibility for themselves to, to really think, wait a minute, I harmed one of my friends by saying or doing, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. So it really gives them a moment to go into that, that calming corner or sit at their desk or whatever they need and take a moment to think and take responsibility for what they've done. And then when they're done filling it out, when it's an appropriate time, that student and I will talk about what they did and what a natural consequence to that action or those words or whatever it was are going to be. Whether it's, um, you know, they, they need to apologize to that person or, you know, tomorrow they're going to do blah, 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 or if it needs to be a phone call home, if it's serious. Um, but they know that it, the phone calls home are not malicious. They're not me trying to like get one under them and like, oh, ha ha, I got you. Like, I'm going to call your mom. It's not malicious intent. It's for us to all be on the same page. We're all on the same team and we all want what's best for the student, for that kid. Um, you know, it, it's, it's hard for these fifth graders because like I said, they haven't had conscious discipline in the past. So it might seem like, oh, great. She's calling my mom. I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be grounded. Like, it might seem like it's going to be awful and the end of the world to them, but I, I feel like after the parent understands 
you know, where I'm coming from in the phone call. I'm not calling to say, oh yeah, he is, you know, he just did all of this. It's terrible. That, that's not the way the phone call goes. You know, I kind of read through the think sheet with them. I tell them how we process. Um, I tell them what the student came up with for their consequence, their natural consequence, you know, and it's probably that phone call home if they, um, you know, if they thought about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all one team. We're all on the same side. We all want what's best for that kid. Um, so the parent contact um, is not always, you know, it doesn't, it's not malicious. It's not trying to harm that student. Yeah. And do you do anything at like the beginning of the year to help your parents to understand what, you know, the shifts or the differences might be in your classroom from what they're used to? Yeah. And I, 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 um, I think they, they were like, um, this lady's not gonna move my child's color. Like what, what is she doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, in the beginning of the year, we kind of, with our, uh, you know, our beginning of the year presentation, we just kind yeah. of said, you know, we're not gonna use stoplight charts. So, you know, we're, we're trying something new. We're trying conscious discipline. We went through the whole thing, you know, commitments and the calming corner and um, building this family, this relationship with these kids. And they seemed really on board, but at the same time hesitant. It's that mind shift. Yep. Um, because they've never had it before. But I think as the year progressed, they really saw like their kid doesn't need to be on a color for them to know if their child is being successful. They're going to get positive interactions from their teachers. Um, and when needed, a phone call home or a, a communication in some manner, if necessary, to explain, you know, what's going on in their daily school life. Um, but it is really important to keep that open communication with parents every day, if you can. I mean, we use, we use Dojo, so we usually communicate um, on a daily basis. Um, I, and I think that they appreciate having some sort of communication, you know, positive or negative yeah. <laughs> every day. Yeah, well, and, you know, we're, we're helping adults to start to rewrite their CD-ROM a little bit, right? Like they are ingrained with like, when I went to school, this is what happened. And when, when I was in fifth grade and, and my teacher called home, like that was the end, like that was, right. awful. that was the worst. And, and there may not have been a, a, a positive line of communication. So you're helping the parents to see that and to start to, to build that respect and understanding there as well. Right. And it's not to say kids don't make mistakes. I mean, there are times when students, you know, go to the, the school counselor and they're, they're with them because of a mistake that they've made in class, or they've gone to the office to speak to the assistant principal or the principal. But it's, you know, it, those are few and far between. Like, yeah. there are so many things that can be handled inside the classroom and de-escalated inside the classroom before calling for backup. Yeah. Um, you know, getting, getting a student de-escalated is like, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's the best because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, wow, I did that. Like, I didn't have to call for help. I de-escalated or I helped this kid today. Um, and just seeing them like de-escalate, um, it's really like, wow, like I did that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's th that, that key right there that you said, I helped them to do that. Like you didn't have to, so for lack of better words, like one off to somebody else. And maybe sometimes, you know, you're aware of your own, you know, self and you need to tag in somebody else. Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, right. Like we're still human, <laughs> but in, in the, in the moments that don't get, that don't get that far or that if we can, 
you know, regulate ourselves and then mm -hmm. help and support our students that we can lower that amount is just huge and they're more available for, for learning and, and all of that. Right. I, I, I love what you said because we're human and there are times absolutely where I have to step back and take a breath and really re regain my composure. And I, I do this in front of my kids. I mean, I will take a step back and go, you, you know what guys, you know, it just, Miss Luganville just needs three deep breaths. I just need a minute, like just one second. And they are totally like, Oh, okay. She needs a minute. Like, because they'll see, you know, I start to get worked up. I'm human. I'm an adult. You know, I make mistakes too. And yeah. this is, you have to be honest with them that you make mistakes too. And you have feelings too. And when they see how real you are in front of them, it makes a world of a difference. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. And I, I'm so glad that you brought up all of these different points. So we want to start to to wrap up a little bit and I'm thinking of like an optimistic closure and I I want you to think about like all the things that we just talked about. What would be one suggestion or tip that you would give to a new teacher? Not necessarily like straight out of college or whatever, but a teacher who's just starting their conscious discipline journey. Um, so my team partners this year were both brand new to conscious discipline journeys. And um, I really just emphasized to take it slow. We're going to take it one thing at a time. You know, don't feel overwhelmed. I know it sounds overwhelming. I know it's one more thing on our plate that we have, you know, a continuous pile of things. Um, but it's worth it. And that's what I just kept emphasizing. It's worth it. It's worth it. You know, they're going to love it. They're going to love the meetings. They're going <laughs> to love the silly routines. They're going to love, you know, seeing you in the hallway every morning saying hello, a high five, a, a fist bump, whatever. Um, I would start slow, start with just standing in the hallway and greeting them. Um, yeah. I know some schools, my school included, we do breakfast so yeah, the morning is chaotic and it's like, oh my gosh, I've got 50 kids coming up to me and high-fiving and fist bumping and I've got to, you know, control breakfast and I've got to run circle. But if you just take it slow and kind of build that routine with the kids in the beginning of the year, you don't have to worry about all of the things that are happening in the morning because it kind of just falls into place. Yeah. Um, you got to so, yeah. go slow to go quick. Yeah. You know, once yeah. you take the time at the beginning and it, and it pays off. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's think back to our commitments. Uh, I have been keeping an eye on the time and we're pretty close. We might be like a minute or two over, but we had some amazing conversation. So I am just so grateful and thankful to you. So I feel like I kept my commitment. I don't want to speak for you, but I want you to tell me, how about your commitment of you speaking from the heart? Yeah, I think I spoke from the heart and spoke from what I know, um, from what yeah. I've learned and just my experience. So I think that I, I would be on the yes, I did it side of my talk board today. Yeah, so we can both move our popsicle sticks <laughs> over to yes, we did it. I yeah. love that. Well, Alex, thank you so much for having this conversation today. And I think that that you are helpful to your school community, but now like you're helpful even more to the BCPS community. And I just, I appreciate everything that you've offered today. And I'm hopeful that maybe next year we can have another conversation maybe about the beginning of the school year. Woohoo! All right. Yeah. 
All right. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too.